Ryan, we're only going to watch the one video, the first one. Uh, I want to show, I mean, at least for right now, um, I'm going to show a video this morning. And um, it's not in our language, or at least if it is in your language, that'd be awesome. Come up and you can interpret it for us because I have no clue. Um, it's it's uh, a language I'm not familiar with. But I stumbled across it on YouTube. I want us to watch it, not so much for uh, what's being said, if you will, because of the difference in language. But I want you to, you have to read the, subs- the subscription, the subtitles. You need to read the subscriptions, but anyway, you need to read the, the subtitles, um, but also keep glancing at the expression of the faces. That, that's what I really want us to see. Similar to some of your faces looking at me right now. I'm just saying. Uh, but, but look at the subtitles. But when you can, glance up, if you will, after they make a statement and, and just look at their expressions. I want to talk about that a little bit. Okay? Let's watch this video. I don't know what language that was, but it doesn't really matter. You know, I'm, I'm convinced that there's times that we feel that somehow, um, and, and you got to listen close this morning, listen close, that somehow um, that we come to know God simply because of moms and dads or grandpa and grandpas, and praise God for those that share God's love and take children to church and I mean, continue doing that, and that's absolutely what God wants. I'm going to hit this one time and get off it, because I, I, I don't want confusion this morning, but hear me out. I never went to church in my life, ever. I didn't grow up in a godly home. I didn't grow up where, I mean, I grew up where Jesus was named every day, but in vain. And I can tell you many people that had, or have my story. And yet I heard his voice. Trisha's the same, never gone to church. And yet she heard his voice. Now, now, why am I bringing this up? Because as I looked at the face of those kids, just, maybe it's me, but just deep down inside, I just saw this emptiness, not knowing. But, but is it me or did you catch this? And it, just in their eyes, not knowing but just somehow, I think, believing there's something more. I mean, was that just me? I mean, that, that wasn't like something programmed, that wasn't an actor, that was just, just a child. You know what I'm saying? I know there's something more. I know that God reveals and speaks through his creation, his word, his spirit. He is there and he's real. And, and, and in a sense, again, hear me clearly, because, boy, I don't want to make you think differently. In a sense, you know, of course we need the church. Of course we need his word. Of course we need people to share the gospel. That's what it's all about. That's the way God has set us up as ambassadors. He established the church for the purpose of glorifying him and expressing the gospel. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just saying God speaks regardless of us for even the rocks will cry out. If we don't, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day that you've given us a time, a moment. It's always a moment. It's so awesome. You knew we would be sitting here. You knew who would be sitting here. You knew who would have the ears to hear and the, the eyes to see. 
may it be said of us today, Lord, would you go out before your word and would you stir up our hearts? Give us the ability to hear from your spirit. I know it does not come naturally. It just doesn't come naturally. Our sin nature wants to fight it. Our sin nature wants to be prideful. And Lord, may it not be so. Help us to hear and see this morning your truth, to your glory, for your goodness, in Jesus' name. Amen. I did get that cold like a lot of you have. And so I got like all this stuff in me. I, I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm, I know I'm going to have to be sipping water. And, and yes, I have a cough drop in, so I'm going to be working around the cough drop. So I don't want to start hacking and you go, oh, what's wrong with him? Oh, the Spirit of God. No. It's... Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. I want to encourage you, um, if you're uh, a tender of uh, Four Corners, to start bringing your Bible. Um, I mean, your phones are fine. I've used my phone. By whatever whatever you have. Um, but we definitely, I want to go more to something that's tangible in our hands than just always on the screen. Um, then we have a tendency to leave with it instead of leaving it on PowerPoint, you know, so... Um, but Acts chapter two, it says this. Oh no, let me let me let me uh, let me just kind of like set this up just a tad. Um, last week we were talking about how in in uh, Matthew, how uh, Jesus was uh, addressing, if you will, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and uh, the scribes, and and all of a sudden he comes to this place in twelve thirty five where he says he, he he looks at them, if you will, and definitely a paraphrase, and he he looks at the the priest of the day, and he says. He goes, you know, the Son of God stands right before you, and you, you can't even see me. Who, who remembers that from last week? Raise your hand if you remember. Okay, so, so you know, we have that moment of time where it had to be kind of intense because here, I mean, if you will, I guess, uh, the parallel would be someone come up, don't you dare, just saying, if someone came up, came on stage right now, looked me face to face and said, Pastor Tony, you don't have a clue in front of all you. And I'd go, what would I go? I would go, ushers. Like, no, I wouldn't. Uh, and, and all of a sudden he goes, this person goes, you know, uh, you keep talking this Jesus stuff and hearing God's voice. And, you know, who do you think you are trying to tell us that we can hear God's voice? I can't hear God's voice. And this person were, all of a sudden I'm just like, uh, wouldn't that be strange? Well, that's what was happening. I mean, the next thing you know, Jesus is looking at the pastors of the day, the priests of the day, right in the eye, and he's going, you don't have a clue. The Son of God stands right before you, and you don't even know. You preach this stuff, you teach this stuff, and you don't even know. So then as time goes on, uh, at the end of that scripture in verse 35, there's one sentence that just, just took me away. Jesus just told the Pharisees and the scribes they didn't have a clue because he, he the Son of God, was standing right before them. But the last sentence says, but the common people heard him. The common people knew he was the Son of God because their heart was open to hear his voice. Where the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes just shut their heart down. Why? We're going to talk about that just in a little bit. So, yes, the next thing you know, Jesus is crucified on a cross. He's buried in a tomb. 
and he rises three days later. Brings us to Acts 2, and it says this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them, divided in tongues and fired, and one sat each on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? So the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees had a heart that just shut Jesus down. Why? Because their heart was full of jealousy. They wanted to be the man. They wanted to be the ones in control. Their heart was full of anger. Matter of fact, they were the ones that stirred it up so Jesus would be crucified. Then the next thing you know, we come to Acts. This is after Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose, ascended to heaven. Now we come into Acts where all of a sudden the Bible's telling us about these devout men. And, and I know something about these devout men. We know something about these devout men because it says, it says this. And they were all amazed and marveled. These devout men and women. That sought after God. And I know I kind of seem to talk religion down, but, you know, like religion in and of itself is not bad. Right? You know what I'm saying? Give me a quick check. Yeah. Okay. Because I know I keep, like, talking about a religious spirit and things like that. Well, if you have a religious spirit that puts other things before God, then religion can be not so good. But being religious isn't necessarily bad. So you have these devout men that at first they're confused, but then now they're amazed and they're marveled and their hearts are what? Open. I want to continue in Acts 2, verse 12. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? And others, mocking, said, they are full of new wine. I mean, it ain't even, it ain't even, I don't know, I mean, I don't know, like, Bible time and, you know, verse time and stuff like that. But it seems like it ain't even five seconds and already this movement of God and God speaking to his people and all of a sudden, sure enough, someone's got to come in that's seeing and hearing the same things and go, ha-ha, they're all drunk. They're gone. I mean, is that person not hearing and seeing the same things? The answer is, we want to say yes, but they're not. Their heart is not hearing and seeing the same thing. They're drunk. Well, Peter speaks to that in verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And Joel was a prophet of the Old Testament. I don't want to ever assume we know the context that I'm speaking, especially when, when, when I 
right now anyway, we're not necessarily doing a sermon series, so everything's not chronological. So the context of this is Joel's a prophet of the Old Testament. He foretold of the coming Christ and what would happen. Now listen to what Joel the prophet said that Peter has saying he said. Here we go, verse 17. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God. Say that with me. Says, says who? That I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall turn into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And did this not happen? Yes. For just moments ago, in chapter 1, these things came to pass when Christ was crucified. And the day he gave up his spirit, that moment he gave up his spirit, all of a sudden, the sun, the Bible tells us, the word of God says, Turn to darkness in the moon like blood. Peter's reminding them not only what the prophet Joel said would happen, but what just happened. Verse 32, men of Israel, hear these words. Men of four corners, hear these words. Women of four corners, hear these words. People that listen on the web, hear these words. The words of God that speaks to us. Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you. By miracles and wonders and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourself also know him. Being delivered by the determined purpose and the foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, Because it was not possible that he would be held by it. For David said concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, and he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced, my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. You will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy at your presence. What happens when we actually will hear God? What happens when God speaks and we listen? What happens when our hearts are open to what he has for us? What happens? Let me tell you what happens. I won't be shaken. That's... Listen to me. The Spirit of God that he's talking about that indwelled the believers at this time indwells the believers of this time. And if we allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to be within our life and guide and direct our life, I will not be shaken. My heart will rejoice. My tongue will be glad. I will rest in my hope in Christ. I will 
have made known to me the ways of God. And my joy will be full. It's no different for me than it is for David. That's God's desire for us. But we got to hear. We have to receive. Goes on to say in verse 29, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried and his tomb is with us to this day. Let me pause just a second. Do you see how Peter's trying to relate to the people, to his audience? I mean, this is like firsthand stuff. It's a long, long time ago for us. Sometimes I think we, we disconnect and I understand. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes I think we hear the word of God and we're, you know, we're like, we're, we're reading this or we read it for ourselves and we go, but I think sometimes we think like, well, that was then and this is now and it's not the same and, you know, I'm just so distracted. It's not true. It's no different now. You know, it, 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 we might think that in this day, they didn't have distractions. They didn't have this thing. Well, you know, in this, in this day, you know, we hop in a car and go to work an hour away and it takes 30 minutes unless you're going to Orlando or something, you know. But, but you know what? They had to walk there. And they were full of distractions and disease and things that happened. Just different stuff, that's all. Verse 30. Therefore, being a prophet, no, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I'm going to go to verse, back up to verse 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David that is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing what God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and have received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit he poured out into which you now see and hear. Okay. I, I know this is, this is a, a hard part right here. If you come to a place where the Spirit of God reveals the Spirit, the Spirit of God reveals the Word of God to your spirit that you are a sinner separated from God, just like Trisha's testimony. The Spirit of God took the Word of God and put it in her heart. Trisha, you're not saved. You, there's no repentance. You, you repeated some words. But when, when the Spirit of God Revealed the word of God to her that night as she was in John or first John. As she was in the word of God, all of a sudden the spirit of God said, Trish, you're, you're separated from me. Your sin separates. And she said, by her own testimony, I, I repented and I, and I believed. I just, I knew I put my trust in Jesus. At that point, the Holy Spirit of God entered into her. Now, is that crazy or what? Come on, I mean, if you've been saved for some period of time, I don't know if we fade away from that moment or that glory or if we, if we even fade away with knowing that the Spirit of God dwells in us. That's crazy. And if, if we're a person that, that doesn't understand salvation, the Spirit of God hasn't revert, revealed the Word of God to you yet, and maybe it's someone in this room, and, and you're just going, Tony, why are you talking about? Like God indwells you. The Spirit of God indwells you. That's crazy stuff. It is crazy stuff. 
but it's true. And it's how we know the difference between understanding and hearing the voice of God because the Spirit of God is not in us. How, how could we hear his voice? If I never learned Spanish, how can I understand it if you spoke Spanish to me? Now, I believe God speaks to unbelievers, but not in the way most people say. A lot of people think that God speaks to an unbeliever through his word. I can't. His spirit isn't indwelling them. Did God speak to me before I was saved? Absolutely. Many times through creation, through times where I was struggling growing up. And, you know, again, most of you know that testimony. But he spoke to me many, many times. And he, he kept putting people into my life. There'd be people that come to our door and want to share Jesus, if you will, right? They go, hey, yeah, Mr. McQueer, uh, yeah, we're here and we're, we're sharing Jesus and we just want you to know that if uh, you don't re- receive him as your savior, you're going right, right to hell. And I'd go, okay, thank you. Slam. It happened more than once. It happened many times. I think I broke one of the pastor's feet. I, I'm, I'm being serious. He wouldn't leave. You don't understand. You got to let me in. And I went to shut the door and he put his foot in the door, big old wooden door. And I said, sir, you got to the count of three. I'm not trying to be stupid here. I'm just trying to, it's a real story. I said, you got to the count of three to remove your foot. And he goes, you're going to hell. You're going to hell. You're going to hell. I said, one, two, and slam. And I hear this, ah, they never came back. Years went by. They never came back. Now, am I saying don't? share the gospel or go knocking. No, I ain't saying that. The point is, you know what? I don't care how hard they tried. I don't care how hard man tries. I cannot convince you to be saved. I cannot save you. I am not a priest that says, come and confess your sins. And I want to be careful. I'm, uh, uh, um, but I'm not. Man can't save you. Only the spirit of God and the word of God can. And it's when the Spirit of God is in us, and all of a sudden, this is what's going on. Peter is trying to, he's just sharing his testimony. He's giving facts. He's saying, this is the way it is, and he's talking to these people. Verse 34, for David did not ascend into heaven, but but he says himself, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of your sin. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is to you and to your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord God will call. I guess I'm so adamant about this because I don't know the difference. It doesn't make me anybody special. It just gives me a certain perspective that God has given me. See, in my case, I, I, I didn't grow up in church, which is the best way. Don't, again, don't misunderstand. But I don't have any preconceived notions. I don't have, you know, I don't have things that I got to work out and say, you know, well, you know, but what I was taught and what I felt and what, what I think, you know, I just went from like Saul riding this high horse white, 
with this high white horse and all of a sudden be knocked off and saying, Tony, your sin separates you from me. And if we believe what the word says, that day I repented and believed, the spirit of God dwells within me. I hear God's voice through his word, his spirit. Clearly. Don't worry, I'm not. I don't want to make any stupid jokes there. I almost did. All believers do if we're listening. I'm no one special in that respect. Verse 40, and with many other words, he testified in exhorting them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them, divided them among all as any one had need. So continue daily, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those were being saved. How do we respond when God speaks? How do we respond? It's right here. It's right right from his word. Number one, we're baptized. Sometimes people will tell me that they've repented and believed and put their trust in Jesus and to this day have not been baptized. And baptism's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And 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 most people that have not been baptized that that say they're saved, and I'm not I don't I don't know. I mean you could be, but they say, Well, I'm not ready. And I'll say, What do you mean you're not ready? And they say, Well, because I have sin in my life. And I say, Well, wait a minute, did what did Jesus die for? I mean, if you, if you know you're a believer, but yet not baptized, illustrating what Christ has done for you, it's the very first commandment he's given us. Go ye therefore into all the nations, making disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son, teaching them to deserve all things. And lo, I'm with you even to the end of the times to be baptized. If we got to wait to be perfect to be baptized, that would mean we'd have to wait to be perfect to be saved, and that ain't happening Don't you wait. If you know there was that time, like Trish, and and as a current example, that God has revealed to your heart, you are a sinner separated from him. You have repented and believed in him. You know Jesus is your Savior. You have not yet been baptized. Get baptized. I was going to point to our baptismal. Let's go to the lake. There's a lot of lakes in Florida. We don't, we don't have to wait for this, this baptismal to be filled. I mean that. 
Because when you wait, you're withholding what the Spirit of God is trying to speak to you through his word. I'm not saying you can't hear from God. Again, hopefully you're listening to me very closely because our flesh will want to take some of the things I said this morning. Oh, did you hear what Pastor Tony said? I'm glad we, I'm glad we, can I go, can I just right here just for a moment, just a moment. I wasn't going to, just a moment. I'm glad we, we record the sermons because there are times I have to play them back and go, no, this is what I said. Not, not out of pride, not out of, but no, this is what I said. Because our sin nature, I know I've been there, right? Someone's trying to tell you something you don't want to hear, hear, and how many words did you hear? Oh, the first sentence till you shut them down, then you hear that, wah, 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 wah. Don't you be shutting God down. When we hear from God, how do we respond? Just like they did. We're in the doctrine. We're in his word. If you're a born-again believer, oh, this is going to be good, but hear me out. If you're a born-again believer but not in the word of God, what does that tell you? The way God speaks to us through his word and through his spirit, but we're not in it. What, what should that be telling us? Now, automatically, you could say, well, Pastor Tony, you're making me doubt my salvation. No, I don't. If that's your testimony, now, if you would have asked Trish if she was saved those first five months, she would have said yes. And she was so polite. The first day she came home after praying that prayer, she said it politely. She grabbed a notebook, a legal pad, as a matter of fact, and a pen, slams it down on the table, and it says, number one, we will no longer curse in this house. I'm saved now, and that's number two, we will no longer, no, and she made a list, ten, 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 ten things. I don't know if that was circumstance. I don't know if it's coincidence. And I'm just going, what in the world? It didn't make sense. Born again believers, we got to be careful if we don't have a hunger for the word of God. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saved. I'm saying you've faded and you don't, you don't, you don't understand. You, you, you don't keep going. There's a point in time that God says our heart can turn hard toward him. Just because we're a born-again believer doesn't mean it's, it, it's, it's you know, we're, we're always um, doing his will in that respect. We fade. We need to be drawn back. How do we respond? We continue in the doctrine. How do we respond? We continue in fellowship like this. And And... There's a lot of things like, you know, we say the breaking of bread and stuff like that. In communion, uh, if you will, coming together in the Lord's Supper or, or communion, as you might know it. Or, or just encouraging one another. Uh, Larry, Pastor Larry's testimony, the encouragement of other believers one to another is, is how we're, we're to respond. When we hear God's voice, how do we respond? We come to the temple. How do we respond? I, I, I love this scripture. Matter of fact, it's, it's my scripture if you will, mature scripture too. But it's my scripture for the church, and it's this in verse 46 again. So continuing daily in one accord or one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. We make it too complex. We make it more than it really is. If I can... If I can make God bigger or, or uh, how, wait, let me say it like this. 
Um, when's the, are you in the Word of God? No. Are you a believer? Yes. Uh, why aren't you in the Word of God? Right, let's say it. Everyone together? I. Come on. I. No, you say it. You know the answer. I don't. I don't have time. What? They don't go along together. You know, I don't know. Um, you know, like I can see myself sometimes in that big old mirror back there. It's kind of a mirror. It's a one-way thing. It's the, it's the mama's room. I'm not yelling or screaming or preaching at you. Don't you think I fight this myself all the time? And once in a while, man, I got to take this deep breath and just go, I'm fading. But if we want to hear God's voice, we got to make time. Ah. But I'm telling you, most of the times we will not hear him if we make the time like this. Okay, I'm done with this. I don't have time for God's word. I'm going to make the time. Here we go. I'm going to make the time. Trish, don't let anyone into the room. Heather, keep the grandkids away. I'm making time for God. There. You ain't going to get it. It's got to be from my heart. Who here this morning would say, Pastor Tony, I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm I'm listening to what God's word is saying. You know what? I, I think I'm hearing God. He's telling me that my sins do separate me from him and that I do, you know uh, I I've I've heard that that Jesus died for me that he was crucified he was buried he rose again I, I mean I know these things I've heard these things but it's like my heart's hearing I don't know if that's you this morning I you know I don't know Again, I, I personally want to be very careful. I don't want anyone to doubt their salvation. But but God showed me firsthand what it's like through Trish to think you're saved and you're not. And, there, and there's some clear ways to tell if, if, you, if, you, if you're saved. The Bible says the Spirit of God reveals to us our salvation. So if you're wondering if you're saved, you're probably not. I don't say that piously or pridefully. I have nothing. It's only God that can reveal that to you. But if you think you're saved, you're probably not. Unless at one time you were saved many years ago, or or I hear it as a child, I can, it can be pretty difficult, you know, that long ago. And and you think you're saved, and, 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 and you know, now you're going, well, but, I, you know, I don't remember a time I repented. I don't remember a time where, I, you know, where God revealed to me my sin separated from him. You know, I just, I grew up in church, and someone said, you know, you don't want to go to hell, then be saved. Or someone used a track like Trish and just said, well, here, read this with me. And at the end, I said, pray this prayer, and you're saved. I, I, I know it mostly don't work that way. Only the Spirit of God and the Word of God can save us. David Eldridge, last week, 72 years old, grew up in church his whole life, head of the deacons. I hear his voice. I think it's what God, God allows me to hear it. Now, I'm not hearing voices. But God allows me to hear it over and over to remind me. I mean, his story, Tony, I, I, I just was doing what I was always taught. And it wasn't until I was 72 years old that I actually heard the Spirit of God reveal the Word of God to my heart. 
that I, I needed to repent and believe, put my trust in Jesus, and I did. So if you're here this morning and you know you need to repent and believe, put put the pride aside, put it doesn't matter who's in this room. It doesn't matter if we're on national television. Quite frankly, that decision is more important than anything anyone will think of you or know of you because God is the one that we need to be concerned about. Today is the day of salvation. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this moment, a time again. For today is the day of salvation. Lord, may it be heard and said of us that today we repented of our sin and asked you to be our Savior, that we put our trust in Jesus, your Son, Father. And may we listen and continue to grow, for we are now heirs of Christ, ambassadors. As your word said in Acts, you knew beforehand and you called us by name that we might be saved. We're praying and claiming today is the day of salvation. With your eyes still closed and your head, head bowed, I, I don't do this all the time. I've been doing it lately. God, I just really want to be praying for you. Is there anyone here this morning that would say, Pastor Tony, before God, and I, I know you're looking, Pastor Tony, so you can be praying, but before God, this morning I prayed and I asked Jesus to be my Savior. Would you raise your hand as a testimony? Just all eyes closed, but would you raise your hand as a testimony to that? Thank you. Anyone else this morning ask Jesus to be my Savior? Raise your hand if that's your testimony. Okay, thank you, thank you. I see your hands. You can put them, you can put them down. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something I almost never do. <laughs> Keep your eyes closed one moment. Please, please, if you will, I want everyone. If you're in this room, and, and I, please, I don't want to put no one on the spot. I hope you know the heart of God. I'm just trying to speak and discern. If you're in this room and you're 100% certain that you are a born-again believer, would you just put your hand up a minute so I can see as a testimony? It's okay if you can't put your hand up. Please, please, please don't, don't feel weird. Okay, okay, put your hands down. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's look up here. Um, I don't really, I don't really, I mean, I had to pray for a moment for that because I wouldn't want someone to feel weird uh, by asking that question. But it helps me to discern um, because, you know what, I wasn't always a born-again believer, right? You know? And my heart goes out to people that aren't born-again believers. It goes out to believers, but... I once was someone separated from God. And and when people came to my door, I slammed the door in their face. 
I don't know. God just put in my heart to be very motivated to share his good news. Because we can hear his voice. Now, I got to tell you, there was quite a few hands that just went up. At the very least, I want you to take a connection card. I want you to take this connection card. And right here it says, I accepted Christ as my Savior. Put at least your name and a phone number or however. I want, I want to contact you or Trish or, or something. It'll, if, if you're, if you're um, a younger female, then I don't have any problem conversing with you, but Trish will be a part of that conversation. But at the very least, we're going to take our offering up and we're going to receive our offering in a moment. Um, put that on your connection card and put it in the offering basket. Now, why? Because we want to be praying for you. It's, it's, it's the most serious decision you'll make in your entire life. And, and it, as you see, Peter had to like walk through uh, talking to people and reminding them about who God was, you know, how he came about, what Jesus did. And, and so we want to walk with you in that journey. Because it doesn't just happen naturally. We, like Pastor Larry, we want to encourage you. So, so at the very least, put that on your connection card. Anything else you have this morning, and I'm purposely taking a little bit of time so you can write. A praise report. A need. I mean, if you need a million dollars, I'm not saying that we're going to give it to you. And I'm not saying God's going to give it to you. But if there's a real need for some something, then God knows that need and to ask and to seek.